Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lost Yard Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. And today we are doing an episode of Lost Art Podcast <coughs> featuring me and Gar called... That's me. <laughs> that's, that's Gar, who's on Lost Art. <laughs> and today's episode of Lost Art with me and Gar... Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not doing it again. <laughs> We're doing an episode called Weird Instruments. Yes. Um, where we talk about songs that have a weird instrument in them. Or not maybe not weird, just very unconventional. Yes. Some of them are definitely weird. Um <clears throat> In the songs, uh, off the top of your head, you might be able to think of a few of them, but uh, it's actually harder than you think. And it is. We're gonna we're gonna play them. So you go, oh, I didn't know what that was. There's a lot yeah. of times I didn't know what it was, but I went, you know what? I must check for the purposes of this podcast what instrument that is that I always thought was a weird one. Yes. And uh, there was some some mad ones that I, yeah, some mad ones. So we've got ten songs that have used uh, an instrument that's not too conventional in. Um, in the music, in the genre, yeah. even maybe like that. So, because uh, there's a couple I was thinking, I was thinking about like, like clown playing the keg in Slipknot. Mm. That's not an instrument. That's you know, uh, I mean, it can be it's, used as an instrument. It's makeshift percussion. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's. Just, I was going to pick Shine on Your Crazy Diamond, which has wine glasses, but they're too buried in the mix. That yeah. would be playing it like like all because like, synth is just blown over. Exactly. So they probably recorded it with. One glass initially, and then went, yeah, we need to put synth over it. Definitely, there's, there's definitely a couple of those. Like doing some research, to, there's a couple of big songs that have weird stuff in them, but they're only yeah. in it for like a, a production story. They're not there to be heard, essentially. You know, like buried in there is a uh, like I know there's a big yeah, because um, it's pointless, really, isn't it? These all have to be fucking sticking out, like, exactly. Sour thumb in them. They have to be defo- this, defining the song, basically. Exactly, they have to be like a part of the song that you can pick out and go like, "That's a weird thing." You have to be able to like in about ten years' time, and we're like full blown fucking fat daddies in the pub, and some jungfella or jung one sits beside us, and the song comes on the jukebox, and we go, "Do you know that in 1968 he was sitting in the back room and he found a piece of paper and he decided that's what we're talking about." These yeah. have to be notable trivia type of things. Like, I, I don't care if there's a great studio story about a guy who uh, threw a fish into uh, a cement, cement mixer. If you can't hear it in the song, then all yeah. that is a story and it's not really worth talking about. Exactly, and there's plenty now. of those. There's probably some great stuff and all, a lot is hearsay. I figure because we can hear this stuff on it, it's not hearsay and that's why they'd be picked these then. So... Do you want to give us your first weird instrument song with a weird instrument in it? My first and first song is Spoon Man, obviously, by Soundgarden. What's that uh, got on it? Forks. Yeah, it's, it actually has more than you think, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so uh, Spoon Man came out in February 1994. It was the lead single for Super Unknown, which is obviously an incredible Ooh, album. Yeah, it's, which is a, it's, to be honest with you, it's, it's, just, it's over four minutes long, that song, and it feels like it's eight minutes long. I th- still think it's a little bit too long. Um, they loved yeah. embellishing their, their, their tracks, but that album, I love that album. Live. I've never seen them live. I heard live, they, they tended to uh, kind of <laughs> tie a bleeding ribbon onto it and just keep going. But um, So this is, apparently this song was originally written for the single soundtrack, but they decided against it in the end. They were like, no, we're going to keep this for uh, keep this in the back pocket and we'll pull it out of our hole at some stage. Yeah. Um, so the song is a square... I'm glad it wasn't on that. I'm glad it wasn't on Yeah, it wouldn't fit. The songs that are on there are, are perfect for what Exactly. Um, so this was inspired by this guy who used to hang around Seattle and then later on uh, California a guy called Artiste um, Artiste the Spoon Man who was a street performer who would sit around with spoons and play the spoons now this is it's going to sound stupid but when I was a kid right, when I was a kid loads of people played the spoons right like yeah. we always had like there was like some ropey uncle or something like that a friend of your dad's who'd like be messing with the spoons and they could actually get a rhythm out of it you know um, yeah. which you kind of hold it like almost like chopsticks like in between your, your thumb and your little finger yeah and uh, almost like a Beuron type of type of feel to it but they're just playing a pair of fucking spoons like let's be honest and so this guy they were all obsessed with this guy because whatever park they used to walk through this guy Artiste would be uh, sitting there playing the spoons so when they recorded it properly in the studio they said why don't we like because the song is inspired by him so why don't we get him in to play on it so the entire middle eight um, has the spoons in it and not only that it has Matt Cameron the drummer playing the pots and pans so it kind of starts off I'm going to play a bit of it now and you'll hear it but you'll hear the spoons and then you'll hear the pots and pans coming in now right. whether it's effective or not I, I don't think it, it's not 
like to be honest with you, it just sounds like a lot of random clacking. Um, spoons don't really fit into like a band scenario. Not in my years, anyway. Uh, it just literally sounds like clickety clackety clackety. The pots and pans sound more in place than the spoons. And uh, I let people decide for themselves. I'm gonna play play a couple of seconds here of a uh, spoon man, okay. and uh, you'll hear the spoons come in, and then you hear the pots and pans coming in just after it. So yeah, it just sounds like Santi's coming, and then it's mad. Like you don't really notice it until it's pointed out that that's yeah. so prominent in the mix. Oh yeah, right at the end of it, it's all over. It's not really at there to start, and then we have little hints of it there. But yeah. towards the end, when it hits the three minute mark for the last minute or so, like your man Artis is giving it loads and loads of different layers with different spoons. Like I heard the first time I heard this, I was like, "This is deadly." This yeah. is the this this might, that might be the first uh, Soundgarden song I heard. Uh, it's definitely up, like, up there. It was 1994, so me and you would have been, what, 13, something like that, 12, 13. So it's like, definitely... Boy, though, maybe it was Rusty uh, Almost yeah, certainly. Back yeah. then, like, this fucking mad visceral sound garden. Yeah. Maybe heavy. Black Hole Sun. Or, no, Black Hole Sun wasn't the first no, single. I, if I this was the first single. Yeah, Spoon Man. If that's the first single off this album, because that was the one that pushed them to the moon. Like, they had Bob, mm. Bad Motorfinger and stuff like that before it, but no one over here had really heard that unless you were a specialist. Like, um, Yeah, I don't, maybe not. You might have heard Jesus Christ Powers. Whatever MTV. was on, I think I thought Spoonman was on. I watched Beavis and religiously, like as a kid. I thought it was amazing. I'm pretty sure Spoonman was. On. I was like, but I'd heard of Soundgarden before. But I think I've seen, yeah, like t- la- old lads wearing t-shirts, wearing Bad Motorfinger t-shirts. I'd seen that, but I don't know if I'd ever actually heard them. Or maybe I'd heard, uh, like I said, Jesus Christ Powers. Someone played that for me. Yeah, once upon a time, and I, th- I think <clears> I thought it was Aerosmith. And it was like, Aerosmith got real heavy. Like, real heavy, real quick. Real good, real quick. Exactly. Anyway, that's my first one. That's uh, um, Artis the Spoon Man. Like I said, he was a, a street performer, performer in uh, California where they, they um, originally in Seattle, where they kind of met him and they liked him and brought him in. And uh, then he moved to California and done it for a while again. And they were like, you know, we're writing a song about this dude. Why don't we actually get him in? and uh, play the spoons and then the drummer starts playing the pots and pans you can hear the pots and pans clanking away in the background they're a little bit more prominent I don't know whether it works to be honest with you I am um, it just sounds like a lot of clicking and clacking it sounds like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer flying over your house um, yeah. more than spoons but I mean I don't know how you even microphone a spoon you know I couldn't tell you anyway well, who is uh, <laughs> exactly yeah. pro spoons uh, zildjian spoons who is your first one my first one is the 1966 classic Wild Thing by mm-hmm. the Frogs, which is actually a cover of a Chip Taylor song. And Chip Taylor is actually John Voight's brother, Angelina wow. Jolie's uncle. And the solo in the Chip Taylor version, I'm picking this song because of the solo, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But the version that Chip Taylor did, the solo was played by the studio engineer blowing into his clasped hands for a sort of flute Fantastic. sound. But in the Trogs version, which is such a fucking great song, if you think about like, Lyrically, this was forced to only ever played on the radio because the DJ picked up the thing and went, those lyrics are the worst lyrics I've ever heard. So he stuck it on as a joke. Yeah. And he was like, holy Took shit, off. though. It's, what a song, though. Mm. Yeah, the solo in the Trogs version is not played by the pan pipes like it sounds like. It's actually played by an ocarina. Weird. Of all things. And if you look at the video, you can see them playing the little ocarina. So Man. Zelda... Chuffed, or Link would be chuffed. Zelda yeah, never played yes. the ocarina, as far as I know. <laughs> I fought for that. I the nerds that. There. Yeah. yeah, I fell. I found that <laughs> trap constantly. Look, there's uh, Zelda. <laughs> yeah, but why is the game know. not called after the main character? What I'm did, sorry. You, why is Mario not called Princess Peach? Exactly. 
just exactly. end of the, and he'd be like, well, look, he's got a mustache, but he could be a princess, but whatever. Yeah, anyway. He can be whatever then, he wants. Five years after this, uh, Jimi Hendrix recorded this song uh, <laughs> as one of the only covers that he ever did. Mm. And this is the song that he um, burned his guitar in that Monterey Pop Festival. Uh, famous. Uh, yeah, he was doing wild thing. But if you want to give it a listen now, yeah. you'll hear not panpipes or anything like a flute, but actually, well, it is, I suppose it's, it's, it's in the family of, of those instruments. Yeah. It's the ocarina, but it does have a distinct sound. So give it a listen there. Oh, here we go. It's mental. It's a I don't great think, solo. I, yeah, I don't think I ever even like. Obviously, I've heard that before, but I don't, I don't think I knew it was an ocarina. Yeah, yeah. So that was written by Angelina Jolie's uncle, mental. and in 2019, there was an ad on for a French perfume called Intense, mm. uh, and the ad starred Angelina Jolie in Jesus. a sexy rainstorm in Cambodia. Of course, of course so it was. back to back to the original. So she was sort of back keeping it back into the family again. Mm. Um, with that song uh, but look the Frogs version is deadly uh, Chip Taylor wrote it in about three minutes he said he hmm. said it was for another artist that wanted a song and he wrote it and he said it's such a daft song but when he heard um, the Wild Things version he was like actually that's better yeah than, that's a better idea than you know it's come out better than my original idea mm. So, mm. that's it and, uh, Wild Thing by the Frogs and the Ocarina mental so that's uh, my the first one who's going Who's your next one? Uh, my next one is Corn with the song Shoots and Ladders. I wonder what instrument this could be. Yeah, exactly. The um, French, obviously, uh, horn. <laughs> it's the, 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 of course, it's the tuba. Um, it's the bagpipes. Now, yeah. I I kind of had, I had a bunch of songs that could use we that I could have used for this. Now, ACDC had been known to use. Oh them. no, you have to use Corn. Yeah, it's so it's, it's so random. It, it's, but that that's that was the beauty of it. It was also yeah. like Dropkick Murphys. Um, uh, who crossed almost. Almost have to pick, like they'll always have to play that. Yeah, which is crossing the streams because there's no bagpipes in Ireland for a band. We have the Illin yeah. pipes, like we don't have bagpipes. But the Dropkick Murphys, an Irish Celtic punk band, um, are playing the bagpipes and they're coming out in kilts with sparrows and everything. Now I know does it, we have a history of that here. Let's not. It's not a well, history like, podcast, but in 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 the bagpipes defence, it's more Irish than the Dropkick Murphys are. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Uh, at least it's they're only twenty minutes away by playing, and um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I didn't want to use them. I didn't want to use ACDC because they were just known for kind of messing around with it and they had a couple of little bits and bobs. But Shoots and Ladders is like I I like Corn. I like the first couple of Corn albums. I was never obsessed with them. I know you're a big big fan. I still um, love the I love Corn. Yeah, obviously nowadays they they're sort of done. I think. Yeah. no, they might come out with some new stuff. Uh, but they they tried to they tried to grasp at too many straws with yeah. step and all. But when they went back and just did old corn again, it was grand. But I'm mean, a little bit old. That music has a has a date on it. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's sell by date. One hundred percent. Yeah, I still think they did some incredible stuff in their career. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so this is from their debut album from 1995. Um, it's based on the game Snake, what we call snakes and ladders. The Americans call it shoots and ladders. C H U T E S. I don't know, like a like a parachute. A shoot is something that like. Uh, I think you see, you see them sometimes at building sites where they throw the rubbish out the window and it goes into a big pipe and it goes down into the sti- into the skip. But for some reason, that's more common than a fucking snake. Um, we don't even I have snakes. I think their version here. makes more sense if you think Maybe. about it. Because a shoe is a type of ladder for an object. Yeah, I mean, it does make more just sense. Said, it's just, it's and just and annoying. over here once went, Do you know what? Those shoe things look like snakes. We'll call it snakes and ladders. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah, that, the whole idea. I used to love playing Snakes and Ladders. Um, mm. Snakes and Ladders, fantastic game. That and Ludo, um, <laughs> which is not a million miles off of either, I think. But mm. Jesus, whip out the old Ludo board. 
Anything to actually have to get up on a real ladder and do work is for me. Yeah, exactly. Bonus. Mad bonus. <laughs> Definitely. Actual real work. Um, so this, I think, uh, I believe is the fourth corn song to use bagpipes. They went on a couple of times and, and fiddled with it again. Because yeah, this is, this is the quintessential bagpipe yeah. corn song, though. It's great. So, I actually like it. It's, it's good. It's, it's stupid. I mean, all the, uh, all the lyrics are based on nursery rhymes. So you've got like, ring a ring a rosy, one, two, book in the show. Yeah. Um, London oh, Bridge has fallen down. <laughs> Like London uh, Bridge is falling down. <laughs> Sorry, I have to. Baba Black Sheep. Have you any wild? <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. Sheep on my ass now. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, the bagpipes are actually played by Jonathan Davis as well, which is yeah, like that was a good like visual thing they did yeah. at the gigs. He'd walk uh, out on his own with them, wouldn't he? Just he play, play on fire as well, or I imagine a different band. Ramstein, I don't know. Ramstein. I don't think yeah. they ever did that. I don't think they had bagpipes. They didn't they had fucking fire shit with them. The guitarists have like a fire mouth and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking of that lad who, who goes around on the little bike doing a Star Wars. You know, his bagpipes are on fire. You know that? You know no. the little guy dressed you He goes around on a on a on a like in real life. In real life, he goes around right dressed as. Darth Vader on a unicycle with okay. bagpipes flaming playing. Okay. And it's, it's obviously important because he's at that keep Portland weird. So yeah. oh, I think he's right, doing there you go. a very good job of keeping Portland weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all by himself. Um, all by himself. I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play a bit of this corn. Um, looking at this playlist, this is the only. Okay. Expi- this is the only explicit song. Um, on this playlist, so I assume that somewhere in there, Jonathan added like a ring of fucking Rosie or something in. Um, yeah. Just to spice it up a bit, if bag, as if bagpipes weren't spicy enough. This is a, a little bit. He's the original. Sh- he's kind of the original Charlie from. Uh, I shouldn't say this. He's kind of the original Charlie from <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He is a bit. Spider Man's coming into my room <laughs> to take my. <laughs> Here's shoots on the ladders. Too long to start singing this. Uh, singing One, two, yeah. A master. yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it's bagpipes. What else do you want me to say? Um, a new metal band with bagpipes. And it is interesting. It sounds actually it sounds killer. Bagpipes are one of the most haunting instruments of all time. It's they're horrific. And, yeah, uh, horrific. I love like them. Banshee. Sounds. Yeah, some them Aztec death pistols or something. Like, I love them to bits. They're, they're amazing. The fact it's just like a load of skin with some pipe stuck in it. <laughs> And you stick it under your arm and you squeeze the fuck out of it. And like it's, a lung. it's like a lung, isn't it? Like, it's pretty much a big giant lung with loads of nozzles hanging out. It's a yeah, mental yeah. instrument, an absolutely mental instrument. I don't even know where you go about buying one. You know what I mean? I don't know where you go, how you go about playing one. Each one of the horns is a... Different like, key, you know? A key, and you, it's like and a flute. You, it's like six flutes hold, stuck into a parachute. You hold your finger over certain yeah. one of them to make... Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's blowing cool. into it. It's great. Well, refilling the bladder. So it's like a didgeridoo <laughs> meets six flutes. Yeah. So, um, I know yeah. a lot of people that'd be mad into that if it looks like you're trying to blow into six flutes. Fucking six flutes coming at you at once. 
I know loads of people with, with, with a giant fucking bag underneath them. Yeah, oh, yeah, all day long, man. So all day long. It's a hug for comfort. <laughs> Why do like, you do it? It's the best of both worlds, especially during the pandemic. You know, you're never alone <laughs> with a bagpipe. Um, that's six corn. <laughs> that's six flutes stuck to it. That's a uh, corn shoots and ladders off the debut album from 1995, and that was bagpipes. What is your next weird instrument? My next one is the Blue Man Group, and I have chosen the song "I Feel Love." Okay. Um, uh, it's a cover, obviously taken from the 2003 album The Complex. Um, it's an album which features a lot of makeshift percussion mm. that they're famous for, uh, most notably the tubulum or the thongophone, which is a set of PVC pipes. Oh, I've seen them. They're cool looking. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see them play. I've seen them play these, these live, and it's fascinating because they're pulling them out to get different lengths while they're hitting them and one, well, one of the guys is pulling them out and the other guy is hitting them so it's like like bagpipes group yeah a bit like bagpipes with the plastic <laughs> and yeah. less fluty maybe more fluty no we're just pulling you know. them out and whatever All right, making them they bigger. actually look more like snakes and ladders <laughs> yes shoots and ladders uh, it's kind of like a drum organ mm. is the best way I can describe it it's kind of like being able to play the drums and a synth bass at the same time yeah so you are getting the percussion, but you're also getting notes. Yes, yeah, so which like don't necessarily. You really the really only short organ. Yeah, you tune your drum to one key. Really, yeah. uh, a lot of people don't know that you tune your drum. Of course, you do. Yeah, you're meant to tune your drums like, um, especially before your, your, your kick drum is supposed to be like on an E, whatever the open guitar and bass string is. I think is yeah, sorry, something like that. Um, so also in this song are instruments like the zither which is a greek stringed instrument in the same kind of family as the mandolin and the bazooki mm. uh, but it looks more like a kind of small harp play it there anyway and you'll hear yeah. the tongophone I, I prefer tubulum the tubulum that's, that's the a name. good name i think tongophone is the proper proper name oh. um, so give that a right i a feel love uh featuring yeah, yeah. venus home with blue mango has a uh, corn undertones to it as well. So <laughs> yeah, well it's the, it's their rock uh, album, the rock yeah. era, and yeah. it's uh, guitar it's tones, great. Guitar tone, every tone that they ever <laughs> yeah. do is phenomenal. It's really, for, for really good. Surprisingly good. That's, that, that's blue one, ones. one of my favorite covers of all time. I think that is absolutely phenomenal. And see, if you really want to see the full effect of how good it is, watch. Uh, if you haven't seen it, if anyone hasn't seen it, the Complex Rock Tour Live DVD oh. from start to finish. From 2003, you're in the same time as the album came out. Yeah. It's got like Gavin Rosdale and stuff on it. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really worth your time watching that uh, complex rock store. I used to call out for a mate all the time, and he would have it on all day. Hmm. And I was kind of never kind of got bored of watching it, especially this uh, Venus Hum uh, cover. Uh, I cool. feel love, but they use a lot of instruments. Um, so check out that complex rock store live. Uh, I think DVD. I will actually because that sounds oh, it's brilliant. The whole yeah. the whole thing is brilliant, and the whole thing is done like um, <laughs> it's done like a kind of corporate introduction to rock music if you want to play it. <laughs> it's all just done so cleverly. Um, oh. uh, in July uh, 2017, they were bought by Cirque du Soleil, oh. who plan on expanding it. Because uh, so, I saw them in Las Vegas. I think that's where they pretty much live now. But because mm. it's the Blue Man Group, they've got at least 
15 people, I think, yeah. per, per, per project. Yeah. So they can, they can kind of do that and get away with it. And they're all absolutely brilliant musicians and mm-hmm. they are hilarious as well. Like, honestly, it's that kind of Mr. Bean humor when they don't speak that slapstick stuff yeah, like Charlie Chaplin yeah, and, and yeah. Mr. Bean, which requires kind of uh, silly humor, but it needs to be executed perfectly. Yes. And they have that as well. And the music is just out of this world and the visuals. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a uh, Blue Man Group. I feel love with Venus Home uh, playing the Tongophone or Chubulum and the Zither. Hmm. Very Who's cool. your next one? My next one is uh, the most expensive single ever made in the mid-60s. And it's Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Oh, right. that probably uses a lot of mad shit, doesn't it? Um, there's, there's a bit of weird stuff in it. The, the big thing is the theremin um, that's in there. Um, yeah, the, the theremin had to come up, didn't it? Yeah, it had to come up. Now, the, the, the reason I picked this more so than anything else is that this isn't really a theremin. It's not a true theremin. It's, it's called an electro-theremin. And the electro theremin is this mad thing um, that was assigned by a guy called Paul Tanner, and uh, first it was it was kind of invented and first used in the late fifties, and it was used on some albums and like horror movie soundtracks and stuff like that. And uh, they ended up Brian Milton heard it and he was like, "That's really cool. I yeah. I, I like the sound of the theremin, but like they're so." They're so kind of unwieldy and they're really hard. They're fine it, for a like lot of people. A lot of people think, and I thought initially to look at it, you play it with just kind of feel, and it's easy. Apparently, they are so hard to keep. Yeah, but like the right th- tuning. Yeah. Exactly. Like an, an original, a proper tournament has two like um, electrostatic bars in it, and you yeah. never touch it. Um, some of them no, use yeah. wands, and some of them use just your hands. And so it's a, it, there's one kind of vertical pole and one horizontal pole. <coughs> and I think the 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 horizontal horizontal pole does, uh, depending on how close or far away from it your hand is, does like volume and uh, key, I think. And the the vertical T- one does pitch just, just and like warble, timber, timber yeah. and pitch and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So I want one. I want one right yeah. now. You can buy kits and- for for. Are pretty cheap, but and the, I just got paid, so I'm gonna do something stupid. <laughs> no, do something stupid, exactly. Now, do. Brian Wilson loved them, but he was like, How am I meant to get like multiple takes or something when they're it's so different all the time? Like, I could bring in the best yeah. tournament player in the world, but like, that's funny you should say that. I have a solo in one of my songs I'm gonna do now, and every time I bounce it, it will be different. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, 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 in, it's just one of those, it's like it's like it's called Circuit Breaker or something like and it's yeah. basically every time it's played. You get what you're given. Yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> so he found this guy called Paul Tanner. He would build this thing called an electro theremin, which is, it has a ruler kind of gauge on it that allows you to set the exact specifications of the notes you want to hear, essentially. So you can very oh, it quickly... You, it traps you into a key. Yeah. So you can very quickly hit the note that you're looking for at any given time. Now, there wasn't that many of them made in the first place. And um, this one that they used in Good Vibrations was a slightly modified version of that as well, that like they could output clean signal into into the tape machines and stuff like that as well. And um, the guy who made it, Paul Tanner, I think there was only ever one made. There was, yeah, there was only one ever made by this guy, Paul Tanner. And he ended up donating it to a hospital um, after he retired. They wanted to use it for like auditory testing or something like that. Right, okay. some some doctor he knew he was involved in in a, like a ear medicine or something was like this this is really cool like I could deal with that to see like what range people can hear and stuff like that and he was like because it's easy to play compared to a normal therapist so uh, he was like here you have it I'm done I'm, I'm out of here so um, yeah the electro therapist uses like knobs and sliders and stuff like that to change the uh, the pitch that's mad so it's, a, it's, it's you, almost you like a synthesizer yeah, so you don't use the bars. No, play. there's no bars oh, in it. It's that's like the a, best bit. Yeah, it's like a, there's a couple of pictures I'm on Lion. It looks like a... <coughs> how would you even call it? It's like a, a, a fader on a no, mixing no, desk. No, yeah. And then a big, oh, yeah. giant knob. I think there's two knobs in the front of it. It's a mad-looking thing. Um, yeah. I'm going to play it. It sounds almost identical. Like I don't know if anybody could do the Pepsi Challenge on a regular <laughs> theremin, on an electro theremin. Oh, listen, you know, if you go on to Gear Sluts, which are, I think they're changing their name soon. Really? Apparently, people are complaining about the name Gear. So Gear Sluts is a site where people go on and uh, talk about like uh, gear. I think they buy gear as well. Off, off yeah, gear they buy and sell gear. But, uh, yeah. 
don't people on that would absolutely tell you I can absolutely uh, tell the maybe, difference. Maybe I can tell the difference between one nine two kilobyte MP3 and one nine one. No, you can't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Egypt. <laughs> um, I'm gonna play a bit of the electro theremin from Good Vibrations. When that thing hits its top key there, it sounds like a cat dying. Anytime someone tells me to tune into an instrument in a song, I think, have I just mixed that louder in my head? Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like... Like that sounded. I was expecting to hear it in the distance. I just yeah. came at me, <laughs> yeah. hit me straight in the fucking eye. <laughs> there's oh, a, Jesus. there's a weird, there's a weird pop on that record. Not a pop, but a, like a, like a dead space as well. Like if I went back to play that, I'd never be able to do it the exact way I just done it. It would never happen. But you'll hear the, the the bit of it that's in the verse, and then there's a sort of type of like a little fumble or something um, that happens before it kicks in. On, on that first, but it's interesting because they got their man Paul Tanner to play it for them as well. Because he's the only guy like he invented it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Wilson probably gave it a good stab, but he, like, you can tell that dude was was working that like fucking someone in, in a factory, um, taking a chicken carcass apart. You know, it was just like hand up here, <laughs> no hand over there, turn this knob, turn that. His hands were covered. In, his hands were covered in ice cream. He couldn't Ex- do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> emptying points of ice cream. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I'm going to eat yeah. some ice cream. That sounds real good, Paul. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, also, I only found out the other day as well that Mike Love wrote the lyrics to that, not uh, Brian Wilson. So, I, I, honest to God, thought that the, like Love was uh, was dealing with super early stuff and loads of the later stuff after Wilson left. I knew he was just bumming around playing the songs or whatever, but I didn't think he had much to do with um, any of the recordings. Well, they changed a lot. They changed a lot of the lyrics when they came back from Japan. They changed mm. a lot of the lyrics that were on. Um, Pet sounds mm. and Brian Wilson didn't mind too much, but the original version of um, I know there's an answer is called like hold on to your ego. Yeah. And I think, weirdly, you can tell that it was written for those lyrics because you go back, mm. if you get any version of Pet Sounds released in the last 20 years, you'll have hold on to your ego on it, the, the, the bonus track. Yeah, and uh, it's, I think. You know, sometimes he's right. They didn't want it to stand out like ugh, weird lyrics. So Michael Love did come back even and do a few songs. Yeah, uh, um, probably correct claimed that he wrote the whole thing. Exactly, it's a bit of a swing like that. Uh, so that that, that um, electro tournament was also used on. I just wasn't uh, made for these times and Wild Honey oh, as well as Operations. So um, that same instrument was used in the same those sessions as well. They obviously just brought you man in for a few days, lay down some stuff, yeah. and oh, off you go. But that, that's a mad one, just because it's. A one of a kind instrument. Let's put it that way. Have you watched that Brian Wilson film yet? Not yet. No, not yet. Oh, so good. I it have nothing but time, but I can't find time to do anything. It has it? Well, I'm the same as you. Like I'll watch a hundred hours of shite rather than one hour yeah. of something good. One hundred percent. Because Wait, I like, can't pay it full attention to her. I might fall asleep or yeah. I don't know some bullshit. I had a three hour nap today. I got out of bed at half eight in the morning nice. for some reason. Don't know why. And I sat there and I played this uh, like brick ball game on my phone literally for three hours and then I went back to bed for three hours and uh, I got up then and had dinner so like um, oh yeah enough allow me for four people today and then I had to have a nap I was watching that show uh, White House Farm Mm. that new thing on Netflix and right at like a penultimate moment I fell asleep (laughs) because I'd eaten so much cheese unreal and uh, so yeah that's how me and Gar are now eating cheese falling asleep playing pretty much yeah, eating cocoa pops and dying, <laughs> and eating cheese and falling asleep. Uh, uh, so that was the electro theremin. Who is your next one? My next one is the White Stripes Icky Thump, mm. the uh, 2007 song from their final album. Makes rare use of the stylophone for the intro and there the solo. Go. I actually have one of these instruments. Same, I have a stylophone as well. They really are a lot of fun because because they came back out in 2007 they yeah. remember they relaunched and rebranded or, yeah. or whatever like that and made them very cheap you get them in HMV for like I think maybe 12 euro something like that yeah. they had the, they had like the drum kit one that came out after it and stuff like that they had a lot oh, of I never got stuff that, but yeah, yeah but it was just a cheap version of it but um, 
they look like an 80s calculator with yeah. a little keyboard on it and it comes with a stylus they're made famous by Ralph Harris and mm. David Bowie who actually have more in common than any <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Harris was actually the brand's spokesperson Ooh. which is not ideal for them in recent years maybe not that was recently. a rebrand maybe that was a rebrand was it no that was that was years later wasn't it oh, well if you can imagine yeah. like Jimmy Savile being the brand ambassador for the Jews harp. It's kind yeah. of the same kind of thing. <laughs> you don't want to. You want to get rid of it. It's bad PR. But these yokes are brilliant. Look, they're from the 60s. They're badass and they're real cheap. They sound great plugged into some effects. Never, ever, 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 ever play one without reverb. Ever. They don't have reverb built into them. Please no. never, ever play one of these out loud uh, without reverb. So play um, White Stripes, Icky Thump. It's, it's on the intro, but I'm going to play the solo. Okay. I think, yeah, I'll play the solo. Make sure I have this lined up correctly. I do. Here is Icky Thump. sounds like an electric bagpipe it's cool it sounds a little bit like it's very that solo that he, he chose there it's it sounds unwieldy it's hitting mad wrong notes yeah. or, oh, as, as some people like to call them i suppose blue notes they're not wrong they're just in there at the wrong time right it's hard to yeah it's wrong like but it sounded like ray manzarek from the doors doing his organ like mm. a, you know it has that or it has that um jefferson airplane field as well mm. so that's how he's used that um they're also they've also been used by Kraftwerk on Pocket Calculator. They've been used on John Lennon when he played on um I can't remember the name of the song he did with George Harrison and Pulp used them. Um they can either sound really, really interesting or absolutely gaudy. Hmm. But they are a lot of fun for anyone who's not if anyone if ever wants to play a little music instrument but you don't want to ever you're not musical minded but you always wanted to just make some sound, buy a fucking style of Yeah, that's great. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely can't go wrong. Brilliant. You literally can't go wrong. You just press a piece yeah. of metal, do a piece of metal, and it makes a noise. And it has the the, the right notes. They're all in there, and the, and the keyboard looks like a circuit. It's done kind of cleverly. Yeah, like that. Um, but yeah, that's Icky Thump um, from from their last album, Icky Thump. Mm. Uh, that used the stylophone. Who's your next one? My next one is Jimi Hendrix with Crosstown Traffic. Which that's, that's such a great song. It's I think that's probably my favorite Jimi Hendrix yeah, song. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite. It's definitely um, my favorite Jimi Hendrix song. It's um, it's the most complete Jimi Hendrix song that doesn't have loads of mad wanky guitar stuff in it, which is what he's known for. Um, so when he doesn't do it, he's able to write just a killer song. And yeah. uh, he plays. Okay, I'm gonna call it this, but it's not it. He plays a kazoo in Crosstown Traffic, right? But it's not a kazoo. But is it not what it was? But it kind of is. Right, is it in the family of kazoos? Uh, it's uh, okay. So what he plays is a piece of uh, toilet paper on a comb. <laughs> all right, which is essentially what a kazoo is. All right. So if yeah. you were to, if you were, this to, probably to, sounds better actually. Yeah, if you were because it's wider, it's a bigger scale. If you were to take a kazoo apart, um, it would have like a comb-like structure and this weird thin paper on top of it. All right, and you blow through it. And a fucking ghost have been using them in uh, using a couple haze. of live, huh? They used it on Spectral Haze live, I think. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, no, sorry, uh, Zombie Queen. Ghoulie. Sorry, yeah, Ghoulie. Yeah, um, they used it on that. Um, and a bunch of other bands have, have, have used it for fun, and you know, just like because again, much like the the stylophone, it's not necessarily a no talent instrument, but it's a fun 
pick up instruments that anybody can play. You just hum the song into it and it comes out sounding like the song, you know? Um, yeah. it, it's it's like a weird harmonic amplifier. It's, it's a stupid thing. But Jimi Hendrix uses a comb with a piece of toilet paper stuck over it in place of an actual kazoo. Because kazoos were kind of... Kazoos are interesting because they they were invented by an African-American guy uh, who has the best name ever. Ever. Right. His name is Alabama Vest. <laughs> that's his name. Alabama Vest. The greatest name in the history that of music. Is, that's, that is a pretty cool name, to be fair. Isn't it? Um, Frank Zappa used them a lot. Uh, the Beatles used them a bit. Uh, Tame Impala, for some reason. I hate Tame Impala, but they used them a bit. And, uh, I don't mind them. It just sounds like music played at the wrong speed to me it's like someone pressed it does actually it seems like someone slowed down a record yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Um, I just I, I'm waiting for the music to happen and then the song's over but uh, that's just me giving out about it. loads of people like Tame Impala who have anxiety issues and smoke loads of weird um, <laughs> uh, it's so relaxing uh, anyway I'm going to play this makeshift DIY comb just so he, he, right. now he, you'll hear in the background he's, plays, he, he's playing his guitar along behind the kazoo um, I think the idea when I was reading about the I already know I already know what you're talking about it's mad yeah it? it's, it's amazing but uh, apparently in, in the mix uh, the kazoo was meant to be a little bit lower in the mix it was meant to be kind of 50-50 with, with the guitar but I think the, whoever was engineering it at the time was like absolutely not man like faders up to 11 like um, so it, it's going to be great. Yeah, it, great it does to be fair um, this is Cross Town Traffic So yeah, I mean, it come, I think it comes back in later on for a couple of seconds, but you get the yeah. idea. Uh, yeah, makeshift kazoo, not a real kazoo. Kazoo's rather the stupidest looking instrument. Um, yeah, the, the, you, if you can buy them at the counter of a shop, if it's not a jaw harp, which I think are still cool, don't buy an instrument that you can get at the... At the <sighs> yeah, it just looks like something Actually, meant to smoke crack out of. Like it's silly looking yoke. Yeah, it does. It looks like it has been a genie's lamp and a crack pipe. Yeah, yeah. It's just and they're stupid. They were everywhere for years when I was a kid. They were like fidget spinners in the early nineties as well. They had yeah. another resurgence. Oh, they sound awful. I hate them. And, yeah, it was kids going around with them, blowing it because they're. I'm not like making music. Like just down the road. Not one of those kids had a big hit. Not one of them dulled out the bangers. Like not one, not one. There wasn't one person stopped to watch one of them kids play the kazoo. They were like, shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, that's the whatever Jimi Hendrix's makey uppy because it was kind of a kazoo, <laughs> but I don't know how widely available. I mean, they must have been widely available. If Frank Zappa was using Beatles, they were around. Um, but maybe Jimmy wanted something with a bit more range on it, so he went for the full comb. Um, and I'm not trying to be funny here. I, I'm interested to hear if it was like a regular long comb or if it was like an afro comb. I, I like a, like a pick. I'd be interested to see how. Like, does that depth make any difference? Or with like a, a regular narrow comb, but that worked better. I don't know. I don't understand the logistics. Even after looking up how kazoo's work, it looks like you could pretty much make a kazoo out of anything. Um, like you've, sadness, you've, pure sadness. Uh, uh, just from listening to Tame and Palace songs, um, you just <laughs> make your own kazoo's. I always like that. If we only go backwards, that was all right. That's song. Never, never, never bothered me. That's not for me. That's oh, yeah. not for me. Anyway, that's a uh, fucking Jimi Hendrix with his weird kazoo thing, um, created by Alabama Vest. Just want to say that name again. So good. Off his toured album Electric Ladyland, this last album as well, I believe. Uh, is who it? is? Yeah. Now, experience was in the middle, and then Electric Ladyland was was toured. I think that was the oh. last one. There might have been some sort of after his death compilation thing, but I could be wrong on that. Me, me Hendrix history. I actually read two books about Jimi Hendrix, two giant books like Bible sized books, and I don't remember jack shit about it. Yeah, uh, I don't remember stuff I read ever. Happens, happens. You start playing stupid video games, and you remember like where all the secrets are in the video game. You know. Yeah. Then you remember exactly what time you need to like butter toaster. So it's not freezing cold by the time you sit down for your breakfast. And you lose details. Who was your next one? 
Um, my next one is someone called Author and Punisher, and mm. the song is The Speaker is Systematically Blown. This is from his 2018 album, Beastland. So, Author and Punisher is like a one-man band, uh, like a brainchild of a guy called Tristan Schoen, who is a mechanical engineer who builds what he calls drone machines. Mm. And they are custom-designed and fabricated from all raw materials and open-source electronic circuitry. Right? Mm. So these things look like giant big metal gun fists and industrial yeah. levers. It looks like something between... I mean, his microphone, I think, is he, that goes over his mouth looks like something from a Nine Inch Nails video. So it is industrial. It's somewhere between like something you'd see go on go that Geiger would make or else on your local building site. And he played or, here uh, a while ago, didn't he? Factory. He played in the Mez about five years ago now and mm. I saw him there and it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um play a little bit of it there. This is actually yeah. a really good song. It's it's kind of you can tell it's kinda of drone industrial stuff. Okay, here we but there's go. A, there's a lot of his instruments going on in this and live it all comes together. Yeah, the system. Great name. Speaker is systematically blown. Um, he was supporting Tool oh. um, uh, on the Fear Inoculum tour, presumably before all this shit kicked off. I don't know. They would have got a good few gigs done, I think, yeah. in, the, in the three months that we had of 2020. So he's released eight albums as author and Punisher, and he is hopefully coming back. It's unlikely. To mm. Dublin in November to mm. support Perturbator. Uh, like, don't sell your tickets or anything, but don't also g- g- get ready for it. Like, don't get ready for it. Get super ready for it. November. Yeah. I mean, I could see it happen maybe. in November. To be perfectly uh, distanced, honest, but maybe. Um, well, yeah, it's going to be in. It's a DME gig, I think. So I think it might be in. Uh, <laughs> what's that venue? Opium, possibly. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I really want this gig to go ahead. Because I've seen both of them, and together it would be absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, you can just see that he brings this gear with him that's absolutely outrageous. Because he's a he's a sculpture maker as well. Like he oh. just does all does all this metal work and then makes instruments out of it as well. Mental. So a lot of them are controllers, and a lot of them are actual circuitry with the with the signals built into them and stuff like that. Mm. So that's that's Arthur and Punisher. The speaker is systematically blown. Check out that album, uh, Beastland. It's really good. He's clearly gone for a sort of more, what I think sounds closer to Deftones, which mm. is always good. Always yes. try and sound like Deftones. Pretty much. Um, who's your next one? Um, my next one is a weird song. Uh, a this song is your called, last one, actually. This is my it? last one, yeah. Uh, this song is called If I Rise, and it's by Dido and a guy called A.R. Raman. And, um, Dido? Dido, yeah. Um, still to this day, I, every time I see it, I just assume somebody spelled dildo wrong. Uh, <laughs> just instantly, my brain goes spelled that wrong, and I go, oh, oh, oh the singer. All right. Um, so yeah, it's uh, the music was boy. Sounds like fucking a female Aaron Neville sometimes. I don't mind a bit of dildo. Not really my bag, but it's fine. Um, it's more midlife crisis fucking music, you know. Crack open a bottle of wine at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's midlife crisis. Great singer. Great singer. Uh, so music by A.R. Uh, Rahman and lyrics by Dido. This was the main theme for Danny Boyle's movie, 127 Hours. Um, 
which was it's the moment your man had to chop his fucking arm off, wasn't it? Oh, Danny Boyle did that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, that's right. Is that, that's uh, James Franco. Franco, isn't yeah. it? Okay, James could, Franco. Anita Franco. Franco. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Franco done it. Yeah, uh, for Danny Boyle's 127 hours, which is literally felt like it was that long. Like just get to the bit where he chops arm off. <laughs> Show was him drinking his own piss, right? Because we knew he done. He had to do that, and uh, then he chops his arm off. Mm, uh, yes. But no, it's like two hours before he starts drinking piss. Something like that, and then he chops his arm off, and then the film's over. It's bullshit. Anyway, uh, so there's an instrument in here. It's really weird instrument, um, which is like a it's a cross between a synthesizer and an electric guitar. It's like a, an electric string stringed instrument called a harpeggi, a harpeggi, um, which is really it's really difficult to describe. It looks a bit like think of something like a sitar, right? But make it square, like a rectangle, and the bottom half of it is weird buttons, like an old like uh, like an eight oh eight sampler or something like that. These weird clicky buttons, and the top half of it is strings, right? Hmm. So each button is like a different note or whatever, and you play it by pressing buttons. It's it's mad weird looking. Um, so some people call it like a cross between a piano and a guitar. Some people say it's a cross between an accordion and like a pedal steel. Um, it's it's mental looking. And um, there's about five hundred of them have ever been made. It's made by this guy, uh, this audio engineer called Tim Meeks. And it's just it's, it's so mad weird. A lot of people would have heard this instrument. The first time it was kind of properly commercially used would have been the soundtrack for God of War three. Oh, so, um, that's kind of where it got. Uh, a little bit of notoriety. Um, they used it in God of War three. I think they used it in. They, I think they used it in a bunch of video games. So God of War three would have been one of the big ones. Stevie Wonder is obsessed with it. He's obsessed <laughs> with it, right? Um, he's done loads of like uh, weird kind of Nam, uh, Namco shows and stuff like that, where he's played like Superstition on it and played a lot of his hits on one of these weird thing, weird weird things. Because I think it's, uh, it's laid out in like piano form. But like stacked on top of each other, it's it's so weird. Just go and look it up. I'm gonna play it now. When you listen to it, this sounds cool. I want to see. I want to play one of these things. Yeah, I want to play one as well. Now, what it sounds like, great, is, great piano or keyboard player. But yeah, give it a go. Uh, yeah, now this isn't gonna blow your mind with how it sounds. I think it's more about the way you play it, right. as opposed to how it sounds. Now, it just plays all the way through this. So I'm just gonna play it from from the very very start for for a minute, and you'll hear it. It literally just sounds like like a weird guitar synth or something I don't know have have a listen to this that's it sounds great though garbage song but um uh yeah fuck that song but that's it's really interesting instrument uh, and I, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up on youtube just to see what it sounds like by itself and how you play it because it's it's blown my mind when i think about it but yeah they they, they kind of make them to order i think he's made about 500 of them so far stevie wonder probably has 60 of them um different ones different colors yeah. different ones not different that, colors uh, no. no don't don't i am um, yeah that's me. i won't yeah no I, I said that without thinking, and then I'm like, no, don't. No. Uh, okay. So, um, what's the name of that? The har- Harpeggi. So, hey, hey, Harp E J J I. Harpeggi. Because he's blind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why. Um, <laughs> 
So the herpesy is a cross between like an accordion and a pedal steel guitar. I don't understand how they get that slidey effect in it. That's kind of blowing my mind because when I was looking at it, I. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, um, uh, it sounds like it does sound like a stringed instrument to do yeah. that. Maybe they're bending it with a, like to be honest with you, that that could be a, a modifier or a pitch bender on the side of it. I don't know. Maybe it's a mad look. It's just a weird looking box thing. Um, it's mental. I post something up on the Facebook about it after this comes out, just so mm. people get to see it. Um, but yeah, Tim Meeks uh, developed them and then had them built. It's mad looking. Uh, that was my last one. The Harpeggi played by uh, what's the name of that song? If I Rise. Um, he does rise, missing an arm, but with a belly full of piss, and uh, sang by Dido, uh, and written by A.R. Rahman. It's, it's garbage. It doesn't really get much better either, that song, I don't think. Um, this be all I need to know. <laughs> Who is your last one for this Weird Instruments podcast? My last one. Like I said, I was going to pick... Uh, Shine on your crazy diamond for the last one, but mm. I got so much great information on that as well. But I was like, listen to it going, nah, the synth is overtaking it. So I've gone for Watermelon Man by Herbie Hancock. Mm. And if you want to play it there, maybe you can guess. I want to see if you can guess what instrument is being played at the very start. At the very, very start. Okay. Yeah. Let me just make sure I have, uh, I'm lined up properly. I think I no have. No worries. Right. Here we go. Give, 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 give me a shot of this. that somebody blowing into a bottle yeah spear bottles yeah. <laughs> it's just beer took bottles me, that took me like, ages yeah. took me ages I was like what's the fucking whistle and I was like no and I, in one of them you can hear this kind of I was like that's a fucking yeah. bottle that's a bottle yeah. they're just blowing into beer bottles so the intro and the outro is played by uh, the percussionist Bill Sumner, Summers who was just blowing into beer bottles to, yeah. he was trying to uh, uh, imitate the Hinduism, which is the style of sing whistling in done by the pygmies in mm. uh, Central Africa. So they heard that instrument on some LP, like when they were playing, like the, the kind of whistle singing mm. that, they, that, they, that they can do. I don't know if it's, I'm not 100% sure it's an actual instrument. I think it's just the way they can do it. Right. It could be an instrument as well. I, I can't remember. Like throat this singing is, or um, something. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, I've got actually really good throat singing VST. That, I'm always trying to use you know, yeah. so I can't get it in it's too too wild yeah. absolutely too wild to fit into a song but um, this is a reworking of the original version that I released 11 years okay. ago by Herbie Hancock where he wanted to add more funk so but I just love the rhythm of that Yeah, absolutely love the rhythm <laughs> of that um, this has been sampled by LQJ Madonna and Schooly D just to, just to name but a few and I picked the, the few because they were the ones that I knew yeah <laughs> uh, uh, Herbie Hancock used to stand in to play keyboard for Chick Corea, who actually died this month. That's right. Um, he died on the 9th of February, uh, 9th of February, I think. Uh, he was a jazz keyboard player player who um, won 23 Grammys and was awarded for 60. So he, Herbie Hancock would fill in for Chick Corea whenever he was doing his thing. He would fill in for him in, this is an amazing name, Mongo Santa Maria, his band. <sighs> Isn't that's that a contender. That's, that's a contender for the Alabama oh, Vest Award. Alabama right Vest and Mongo Santa Maria. So when uh, when he filled in for Chick Corea, he started uh, playing him this song, and uh, Mongo Santa Maria was like, "Gives that." And everybody was like, "Okay." So his band released it first, yeah. uh, a much more radio friendly version of it. Yeah. But this, um, it's called Watermelon Man, and it's, I think it's pretty much on his. Uh, like, if you were to. Buy an album, right? If you, so, even just to show Twitter or t- Tumblr back in the day, an album called 
Watermelon Man by Ma- Mongo Santa Maria yeah. uh, with the cover a, a black guy on the cover you'd be like get this the fuck out of here this is so look this is what it is it's that's his just, that's just born it with fire born it yeah can't do that but look um, that's where he went uh, and then Harry Hancock was like maybe there is something to this song yeah. so he, uh, he recorded it but that that bottle work at the start Mental. I love it I absolutely love it because it's, it's it just keeps building and building yeah. and then when they bring the funk in Man, like, I need to. I say this all the time when it comes to artists that we cover. When I like know of a song or I've heard of a song or I'm trying to remember, I'm doing a bit of research and I'm going through stuff. Going, oh yes, I know. I need to dig into the discography. This. Like, yeah, I'd love to just dig into more yeah. Herbie Hancock. Yeah. I really would. And uh, yeah, so. I done that with Frankie Goes to Hollywood a few weeks ago. <laughs> Did you? I'd say there's some absolute gold in there. I, I found I played one on the on the radio. Um, not uh, not the last one year. I think maybe the last one by myself. It's this mm. this song off uh, the Liverpool album called Warriors of the Wasteland, and it's just outrageous, man. It's outrageous. It's like it sounds like like it has this real ghost kind. Like it's prime for a ghost cover. Let's put it that way. It's yeah. got that like kind of quiet to loud, spooky kind of epic feel to it. Like you, 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 there's there's not much going on in the way of synthesizers and there's like distortion guitar and all. Like Frankie goes to Hollywood, like banging out the hard rock songs. It's it's really really good. But yeah, I, I yeah. met you on the Herbie Hancock thing. I have a bunch of those artists that like I just, just need to. It's so hard to know where to start because yeah. even re-recorded stuff. Yeah. By the way, we should we should let people know what this episode is. We should it's um, weird we, instruments, but it is it's, it's the cool. weird instrument podcast. But I I had a quick look there the other day. I wanted to see where we were at in terms of episodes, and as it turns out, the episode you're listening to right now is our one hundredth episode. That's nice. Uh, that's it's not that's not even including am I right the Patreons or the like <coughs> no they're show. just or the uh, bonus or no it does include the bonus the original yeah. bonus so this will be our 100 kind of publicly available podcast we had shows that are bonus material that were put into the Patreon they don't count because they don't go out to the, to the public at large but this will be our <laughs> thank god thank Jesus a couple of them actually did get get recycled during the start of the pandemic when we were trying to figure <laughs> everything out when we ask uh, screen at them yeah Exactly. So we had to we had to go back and listen to a bunch of those those uh, Patreon ones. I meant okay, that's kind of uh, fit for human consumption. And people also got to hear uh, one of our favorite ones, which is the TV themes yeah. uh, podcast, because we were on fire locked recording that. And there's some I think the headless horseman story and all is in there. There's some do great you remember, stuff. The, the only time we've recorded since the lockdown together was the start of that. Oh, we got half after, of one. Yeah, half famous one of after fifty, and it's hilarious yeah. so when we get back to be able to do these together yeah. they're going to be so drinky yeah painful like painful yeah we got half an episode recorded before we had to ta- tap out and it, we were and so locked I, I genuinely think it's hilarious because I, I, I wanted to re-record the whole thing and you're like no we have to keep it no way yeah. <laughs> I did a whole bit with Susan Boyle I'm not doing that again yeah. and because I, I had no notes written like that do you remember? I was trying to remember oh, it but I was smashed I yeah. was smashed drunk, and as I had my phone open trying to remember stuff, <laughs> like and it you were like, better, buying, we, got the, "We got the mad stories, and then we got yeah, the properly layer." I think it was exactly. You're trying to buy me time and everything. So yeah, t- today this is our 100 <laughs> episode, um, our 100 publicly available episode. Let's just call it the 100 fucking episode. Um, we also, I think, we done our. I think last Saturday was our 50th live show. Um, I done the, the quick maths on that as well. Um, yeah, 50th. Uh, weekend live show last Saturday so like that's the guts of a year in in yeah that's the guts of a year's worth of, worth of podcasts so that's insane and uh, yeah. 100 episode is coming up on two years worth of podcasts because I think it was we consistent. are at least consistent very, very much we haven't missed a week we've never missed a week no um, that's mad and when we did when we were going to miss a week we used a Patreon episode just so people had something mm. you know? then we went back and gave Patreon something in return so. exactly exactly all them wank videos and all um, god mad, mad horrible horrible some of that got real grim <laughs> so speaking speaking of Patreon if you like what we do uh, and you want to support us you can go to Patreon. you like what we do for a hundred episodes hundred episodes for free for everybody um, yeah, go to patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast or ko forward slash lost our podcast. All the links 
are there in the text looking at you when you press the button on your on your podcast app they're there looking at you um you can go to lostarpodcast.com either has it all the, the 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 clips and connections and links and blah 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 to all of our different websites because we have stuff on we've stuff on everything we have a twitter we have an instagram we have obviously a facebook we have a youtube um don't have a tiktok because i don't know how to work it um can't be I, I don't know. I don't. No one wants to see a forty-year-old fat cunt dancing. So, uh, or maybe they do. So uh, that's what Patreon is for. That's what Patreon is for. I don't understand. Uh, I did find the Wolf Tones on TikTok the other day, which is great fun. That's mad. It, that's how mad those, is that? That's for all those uh, hipster raw memes. Oh, the new raw. The the new raw heads. The, the greasy yeah. black haired fucking raw heads. The people who the people in the big shiny tracksuits who missed yes. the whole rebellion thing. Yes. And I oh, miss it as well, but growing up in the eighties, you heard all of it. It was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was still very much there and it was in the news. But there is people who feel much like they missed funk and uh like sitting in a bar in Ireland with like you know, people your uncle's age or whatever like that. Yeah. They're desperately clinging to someone else's memory. Oh, absolutely! So yeah. They're hanging up. in there with the yeah. That's what hipsters actually are. Oh, pretty People, much. Yeah. The word hipsters getting thrown around a lot, wrong all the time now. Mm. As in something that's popular, only hipsters like them. Yeah, you've got it so wrong. Yeah, that it's quite literally you've got it one hundred percent wrong. Hipsters don't like things that are mainstream and cool. Oh, yeah, exactly. We have to explain this to people. No, let's not. Let's not. Yeah, Painful anyway. enough. That paint but give give us uh, loads of money and stuff. Yeah, please, that'd be great uh, to buy. Uh, uh, at least on a on a hundred on a hundred episode, give us some money on coffee. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> we have to beg to not make make money. We have to beg to pay the bills. So yeah, that's yeah. We're like a, a housewife whose husband went to jail. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah. you know, I, I had to pay things the, we uh, have to do. The mixler mixler feed earlier today as well. Yeah. Um, anyway. Thank you very much. That was our 100th episode about weird instruments. That was a fun one. Uh, we're back on Monday again with another fresh, delicious slice of podcast for uh, you on either your non-travels to work or your travels to work or you're yeah. hanging around in the kitchen making sandwiches. Thank you very much for joining us. Hang. Imagine Corn do that. Let down and hanging around. <laughs> okay, good night. Good night. See you later.